I'm Brett McGarry with Greg Mackling. Thank you for joining us this afternoon on 680 CJOB. Of course, the big story today happening in London outside of the British Parliament where we are getting reports now uh, from Scotland Yard that four people are dead, 20 hurt. This happened after it looks like a vehicle plowed into some people walking on Westminster Bridge and then there was a stabbing. A police officer outside Parliament was stabbed by an attacker who was quickly shot by other officers. Here's some sound from a cell phone video of gunfire during that incident. So we are looking to confirm just what exactly is happening. We still don't know who the shooter is. I saw one witness account that described the shooter as um, an Asian man in his 40s. Greg. Mike Trulay of Global National joins us now. And Mike, I don't know if you are reporting the Scotland Yard information that's coming across uh, the wire here, but I imagine you've seen it. Uh, Four dead and 20 injured. What numbers are we using at Global News? We're using the same numbers. Anything that Scotland Yard is is releasing are the ones that we're uh, we're using, and those numbers are fluid because it seems like uh, there are some people with critical, catastrophic injuries, is how one doctor described them in hospital right now. So we're hoping that uh, no more people have died, but uh, it seems like it's it's been a very very terrible day uh, in uh, in London, that's for sure. And in terms of like the the suspect, there are some pictures that are circulating now of uh, of the man and. And uh, it uh, does not look like he was Asian. Um, I'm not entirely, this is the, the, the pictures that are being distributed are by various news outlets over in the UK. And uh, it, it looks, well, it's hard to describe exactly what nationality is. So I don't want to make an, a mistake by, by suggesting uh, what he could or could not be. Is it a confirmed terror attack that Scotland Yard are saying? Well, Scotland Yard, uh, the Metro Police actually in London have changed the way they're doing things. Uh, They are now uh, working more closely with European um, police agencies after the terror attacks in Paris and Brussels one year ago today, by the way. And so their their new tactic is anytime they have a mass casualty event like this, uh, they immediately say that uh, they treat it as a terrorist attack because that allows them to bring certain police and and other uh, forces into into gear um, into the area and uh, and then they and then when they determine that it's not a terrorist attack then they then they change their tactics but their tactic now is to treat everything as a terrorist attack and at this point they are they, that's what they're doing now Mike we seem to find that whenever something like this happens or whether it be a forest fire an earthquake or some other tragedy if you've been to that locale, it hits home more. And so I would imagine anyone who's ever visited London, there's a very, very good chance they will know the geography and the specific areas which this tragedy took place. If there was a spot that you were going to hit in London, in England, that would sort of hit at the heart of, of Britain's, this is it. I mean, this is Parliament. This is where all the decisions are made. This is in the shadow of Big Ben, a few blocks away from 10 Downing Street, where the Prime Minister lives, where, where the, just across the way from where the London Eye, and there's people still stranded up there, by the way, looking down on all this unfold. Um, it's, it's, it's there. This is where people go. They take pictures. There were thousands of people around in the area when this happened, taking photos and uh, taking video. So if, there's actually a lot of social media out there as a result. But yeah, if you 
you were going to hit anywhere to really uh, sort of knock the wind out of a people, this is it. And Mike Drolet with Global National, even though this attack happened in London, it still felt back in France as some of the the victims uh, reportedly are French high school students. Well, you heard, interestingly enough, some of the video of, uh, of the incident before the police were even on scene uh, where the car crashed into the side of the, of the fence. You can hear them speaking French. They're going, mon Dieu, mon Dieu, my God, my God, and then, um, and then some other things that you can't repeat uh, because they were swearing at that point. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, it must have been horrible for them considering what they went through. We're not sure if they're from Paris per se, but they're definitely French. So, Mike, as we move throughout the afternoon, and and clearly this is a situation that's ongoing, you mentioned it right off the top, we have uh, just reported uh, through Scotland Yard information now four confirmed dead, 20 injured. This is a situation that we won't know details on for days or maybe even weeks. What's the plan at Global National as we, we try and compile as much information as quickly as we can, but of course as accurately as possible? Well, that's the one thing, accurately. We, we, everybody likes to get their information out as quickly as possible, but we don't like jumping on numbers before they're made official because, uh, you know, these are people, and uh, people have families and relatives there, and to hear that there are four dead are going to send some people, and if they haven't been notified, it's going to send some people uh, in, in, into, into shock. Um, so we are watching carefully, listening to what Scotland Yard is, is doing. We have Jeff Semple, who is on the ground there right now, um, unavailable to speak on the phone right now because he's gathering uh, information and running around. Anytime you go to, I don't know if you've been to a situation like this, but uh, your head basically spins for the entire day. It's, it's pretty hard to, uh, to gather as much as you possibly can, but, uh, but that's what he's doing. And then um, tonight on Global News and Global National, we'll have um, the full stories as, as they're available. Mike Drolet with Global National. Thank you very much, sir. We appreciate your time. We will let you go and resume your duties as you compile the information. And we're just seeing on our newswire, British police saying a police officer is among the four people who have died in this attack. Now we have some audio, a police statement from Mark Rowley, who is the national head of counter-terrorism policing. As you know, we've declared this as a terrorist incident and the Counter-Terrorism Command are carrying out a full-scale investigation into the events today. The attack started when a car was driven over Westminster Bridge hitting and injuring a number of members of the public, also including three police officers on their way back from accommodation ceremony. The car then crashed near to Parliament and at least one man, armed with the knife, continued the attack and tried to enter Parliament. Sadly, I can confirm that now four people have died. That includes the police officer who was protecting Parliament and one man, we believe to be the attacker, who was shot by a police firearms officer. The officer's family have been made aware. At least 20 people have been injured. You hear the emotion in the voice of that individual providing that information. Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale in Ottawa. Of course, the focus has been up until this morning on the federal bud- budget coming down this afternoon at 3 o'clock Winnipeg time. Here's Minister Goodale from the point of view of Canada on the attack in London. It's going to be 
absolutely assured that everything that should be done is in fact being done by the appropriate authorities here in Canada. There is no known Canadian connection at this stage. As I said at the beginning, this is an evolving situation, so we're monitoring uh, every detail with a great deal of care. Uh, there is no basis uh, upon which to adjust the threat level in Canada. Uh, it has been at medium since the, uh, the fall of 2014, and it remains at that level uh, today. We are obviously monitoring all factors to make sure that that uh, stance remains appropriate, but we have no reason at this moment to, uh, to change the Canadian position. Uh, that assessment is always under constant review and examination. And again, let me just say to, to, uh, to Canadians that everything that should be done to tend to their care and safety in Canada and around the world is being done by the appropriate Canadian authorities. Uh, Thank Mr. you. Mr. Goodale, is mm -hmm. security being increased in places like Parliament Hill as a result of what's happened in London? Uh, the, the appropriate response has been taken by every police and security service uh, in Canada, including those that function on Parliament Hill. I don't go into the detail of that, but everyone can be assured that the appropriate steps are being taken by the uh, by the right officers in the right level within this country. Have you spoken to your counterpart in the UK, and and you, do we know if it was indeed a terrorist attack? Uh, I I have a, a call in to, uh, to to Secretary Rudd. Um, as you can imagine, she's pretty busy right now, uh, but our officials are are in touch, uh, and uh, I just wanted her to know very early that uh, uh, that Canada uh, stands ready and and uh, and able to provide. Uh, whatever we can in the in the circumstances, uh, their police authorities are uh, examining this situation with uh, with uh, meticulous care, uh, and you can be assured that uh, uh, that the investigation will be uh, will be very competent in the hands of uh, of those authorities. Uh, their preliminary assessment uh, is that uh, it is a terrorist incident and it is being handled by the terrorist division within the Metropolitan Police Force, uh, but uh, that's obviously subject to further investigation that is up to the British to do. Thank you very much. As the voice of Ralph Goodale, he is the Minister of Public Safety for the federal government, member of cabinet, for the country of Canada. And Brett, when you hear this, Mike Drillet mentioned in the shadow of Big Ben, you can't help but harken back to what happened in Ottawa several years ago on the doorstep inside Parliament here, here Hill here in Canada. And of course, you heard the question, what is happening in terms of security in and around Parliament Hill? Goodale says, we're doing whatever we need to do. I won't go in public with what we're doing, but rest assured that we are racing into action to do what we need to do to keep everyone safe here in Canada. Once again, four people have died in this incident in London, including the attacker and a police officer. 20 people have been wounded and Parliament was locked down. It is 1.16 on 680 CJOB. We will stay on top of this story as it develops throughout the afternoon. But in the meantime, your forecast is up next. If you're just tuning in, we are keeping a very watchful eye on events and news coming out of London, England. A terrorist attack, quote-unquote, has taken place where four people are confirmed dead, including one police officer, Brett McGarry. We were just joined off the top of the show by Global National's Mike Drolet. Global is 
doing everything they can to get all the facts to us as quickly as we can. We've got resources here monitoring all the news wires, news stations, uh, all the variety of sources that we use to to get the accurate information to you first. And the thing that jumped out to me that I hadn't even thought about until Mike mentioned it is the fact that uh, this is the one-year anniversary of those coordinated attacks in Brussels at the airport and at the metro station in Brussels, Belgium. It has to, if you live or visit Europe on a re- live in or visit Europe on a regular basis, it ha- this has to be chilling when things take place like this in locales or at locations that you visited or maybe are a regular part or a one-time part of your life. It, it has to make it that much more real for you. Yeah, there really isn't a, a more iconic location in London, I think, as far as tourist stuff goes. Maybe to, Buckingham Palace might be the only thing that rivals it. Yeah. It's this part of London, right? But I think even if you don't know, somehow don't know what Big Ben is or what the Parliament Building is, you've cer- certainly seen it somewhere, whether you've seen it in passing on television or just in a in a picture or something. I think we've all sort of, it's one of those truly iconic places so to to imagine that something like this would happen there it does go against what you know i i almost hate to say it but it's not the kind of place you expect to hear about this sort of thing you know i remember reading the news and i uh on the weekends there was every saturday for years it was bombing in iraq and it just became and i We just became desensitized to it. Oh, another suicide bombing in Iraq, 50 people dead. And it just became like this par for the course sort of thing that became a part of my weekend routine. So these sorts of things do tend to jump out at you. And uh, it changes the conversation a little bit, right? Exactly. About terrorism, about world affairs, about the relationships that... um, we have not only amongst ourselves, but between countries and, and now these terrorist groups that are, you know, and we don't know if this was a coordinated attack, if this is what they call a lone wolf attack. We don't know any of those things at this point. Mike Drillet telling us there are photos circulating social media of who many believe to be the suspect, but we don't know who the suspect is or any affiliation with any terrorist groups. But there has certainly been enough terrorist acts around Europe over the last several years that have been sanctioned and encouraged by various terrorist groups that it, it just it's it, it's changed the world. It changes how we travel. It changes how our feelings around traveling and visit visiting many of the places that are on our bucket list. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I know lots of people who have stood right on that Westminster Bridge and taken that picture with Big Ben over their shoulder, or climbed aboard the the London Eye to get a better view of as Mike Drulet and and you did it a, a, a great description of where this happened. One of the most iconic scenes anywhere in London, maybe anywhere in the world. So it is, we are going to continue to follow this story and as well, the federal budget expected to be tabled at 3 PM this afternoon. So we are going to be following that as well. Um, but we still do want to have uh, some lighter discussions. I know it almost feels like we're sort of shoehorning in some lighter stuff on a day that's a bit more serious. But that's what we do here, right? We, not sh- the shoehorning part, but we like to be a little bit of a diversion. We will bring you up to the second 
information as we get it, have it verified. We will bring it to you on the situation in London and on the federal budget. But we do want to have a conversation about movies and the changing way in which we're consuming Mm. these products and the different options that might be coming available. And I know I want to highlight one option that I don't think you or I will be taking (laughs) advantage of anytime soon, but it is one that's out there and it might be one that shocks a lot of people when we share it with you as to an option to uh, see a first run movie, not in a theater, but somewhere else. We will tell you about that after Global News at 1.30, but before we, we want to give you just a sort of a tease as we get ready for the news at the bottom of the hour, we want to know how you consume movies do you still go to the movie theater do you just wait for it to come home and if you are the kind of person who would rather just wait for it to come home how do you then consume it do you get it on demand like on shaw video on demand do you go out and buy it on blu-ray or dvd or do you wait for it to just pop up on a, a streaming service like a netflix that's one of the things that actually greg has really sort of shocked me over the years is in this day and age of instant gratification where I want my entertainment the way I want it and I want it now. People are willing to wait months. It it seems to me like they're willing to wait longer now to watch a movie because there's so much other stuff on Netflix. I'll just wait for it to show up on Netflix six, seven, eight, nine months down the road. It's sort of counterintuitive, right? Yeah. Because as you say, we typically want everything at the moment that it's available. But when it comes to movies, either you're prepared to stream some sort of illegal version Mm. of the movie in order to get it without going to the movie theater, or as you say, you're willing to press pause until it's accessible either in a free form or some other legal form that isn't as expensive as going to a movie theater. So we'll get into all of that, and feel free to share your thoughts at 204-780-6868 by talk or text, and you can email brett at cjob.com and gmac at cjob.com. Last movie you saw in the theater, McGarry. I know being a couch potato, it's part of your job. Yep. What was the last one? Was it Logan? The last movie I saw was uh, Kong, Skull Island. Oh, see, look at that. Two of the newest movies. Yeah, I'm still, I was pondering going to see Beauty and the Beast, but ultimately I decided I still might go see that, but I, I don't know. It was good. You, you saw it, yes. Yeah, I took the kids on Saturday night, and when I heard Shadow and Kim talking this morning about the possibility of maybe being able to rent a first-run movie, one that's still in the theater for 50 bucks, my ears definitely perked up. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a single person and you hear 50 bucks, your ears perk up for a different reason. <laughs> but for us, it was a 90-plus dollar night out with the snacks and everything else, and not to mention a 40-minute drive to the theater and a 40-minute drive home. Yep. It wasn't exact. well, Saturday wasn't that bad out. Uh, so navigating the roads and that wasn't a big deal, but probably five or six bucks worth of gas. So it's easy, a hundred dollar night. Now there are movies that you have to see, in my opinion, in a theater. Yeah. Or there's no reason to see it in the first place. Uh, but 
for a long time, I would kind of run a list of movies when you see the trailers and you decide if you're going to see it or not. Mm -hmm. And you start making your wish list. It's like, yeah, that's a rental. That's a rental. (laughs) That one you need to see in the theater, right? And the list of movies that you need to see in the theater, I think, is actually growing. Because I think Hollywood understands that in order to get you in the movie theater, paying those top prices for uh, that experience, it needs to be really good. It needs to be big and something that you can't replicate at home, even if you've got a 75-inch TV screen. That's right. I mean, they they are doing big-budget movies, I think, better than they ever had just because they now have the technology to allow them to sure there's you can put anything you want on the screen i think the only thing they haven't really quite figured out how to do yet is how to make realistic looking human beings like to make a cg person which is i'm sort of glad about that because i hope they they don't Try to eliminate. Well, let's not eliminate actors, but it does create some interesting possibilities, like what they did with Rogue One, where they brought back Governor Tarkin, who was played by, of course, the late Peter Cushing. They did that pretty well. They didn't quite get it right, but it was pretty good. But they do big budget movies well. But I also think that there's a bit of almost an overload of these big budget movies, particularly in the summertime. You look at all these superhero movies and people are getting superhero fatigue. So, and then, and it's franchise fatigue and sequel fatigue. I, I'm starting to feel a bit of a shift in terms of original content. I w- and I, it, I always lament when a, a great big budget original movie comes out. Something like, um, have you ever seen Edge of Tomorrow starring Tom Cruise? No, you're okay. asking the wrong guy. Okay, well, no, and it's a, it's a shot in the dark, and that, yeah, no, lot, I'm glad you asked. A no. lot of people did. It. it was basically like a science fiction alien invasion version of Groundhog Day. Oh, oh, okay. And it was excellent. Okay. And it was the uh, it was a visually stunning. Like it was a big budget blockbuster film done well that didn't make big budget blockbuster movie. Or money. But uh, so I always lament when a film like that comes out and people don't go see it. But I do think that there are, that things are starting to shift and people are starting to want original films and they're starting to go see them. And, uh, and it's not just the superheroes. Now you have a movie like Beauty and the Beast, which I think even a few years ago might have been stereotypically uh, a movie that only girls would go see. But you went with your boys. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the great stories of all time, right? Mm. And then to see it done the way it's done with live actors and the CGI and all the the different household items literally coming to life, to see that done the way they did it, absolutely worth the time, absolutely worth the money. And I will confess, Emma Watson in 3D is fantastic. Well, she's uh, she's a lovely young woman and uh, a terrific actress, actor. She almost quit acting, by the way. She was she's a she's a a big activist, and she almost quit acting, but she was able to. She was wooed back by not this movie, but there was another one which escapes me at the moment. But you mentioned the, the price tag of a mm-hmm. film. Do, have you ever do you ever go to second run films like at a Cinema City kind of deal? Mm, I'm a snob that way. I kind of admit it. If I'm going to go, if I'm leaving my house. I'm going for the experience, right? Yeah. It's like I made the sports analogy, and we may tie this into sports if we have time, but the whole idea that every single Winnipeg Jets game is available on TV to me. Yep. 
um, would indicate that there's a lot of people that just stay home and we're perfectly happy to watch it on television. And when Hockey Night in Canada, in fact, first became a thing on radio, the broadcast didn't start until the second period. Because I guess it was Con Smythe, the owner of the Maple Leaf, said, I don't want to deter anybody from coming to Maple Leaf Gardens. <laughs> well, here we are, fast forward 70 years later, and any Winnipeg Jet fan can sit at home and watch every game, home and away, on their television, yet there's 15,000-plus every 41 times a year uh, down at the downtown arena watching the game live. So there are people that prefer to see it the way it's intended, and there are people who will watch it on television. Well, the reason I brought up Cinema City, and I, I will confess I have not been to the one that is on McPhillips. I believe it's McPhillips. Yes, you're but right. But the one that was on McGillery, which was uh, is now uh, the, where the VIP theaters are located, they're, they're actually really nice. They, they, the screens were still relatively big and the seats were comfortable and uh, it was a lot cheaper. Concessions were still the same. Sure. But I remember going to see, oddly enough, two movies back, back-to-back days, I think. It was Kung Fu Panda 3 on a Monday <laughs> and then Midnight in Paris, a Woody Allen movie on, on a Tuesday. And, and I figured, ah, a oh, Monday night, a movie that's been out for I don't know how many months. It won't be busy. It was packed. And Isn't it was full of families. Right. Because it's expensive to go to the movie. Oh, you got that right. Uh, Roger's been waiting very patiently to get in on this conversation at 780-6868. Roger, go ahead, please. Uh, with both you guys, you nailed on in the head. If it's a chick flick or a tearjerker, no, I'll, I'll, I won't go see it. But if it's a big budget, explosions, chasing, uh, CGI, the whole gamut. Yeah, you got to see it in the theater. You just got to see it. Now, Roger, it... If, if you had the option, and what we're, the reason why we're talking about this is many of the big studios are considering allowing movies to be available for rent at home sooner than they usually are, like within a couple of weeks of the movie's release date, would even if it was a big budget movie, like let's use Star Wars as an example, would you think about not going to the theater and instead stay at home and rent it? Depending on the price of, uh, of them releasing it so quickly within a couple of weeks, um, I don't know. That's hard to say. I don't. I have a forty-eight inch screen TV. I don't have like a sixty inch. Yeah. But I don't know. That, that's that's hard to say. I mean, depending on the price. Like well, I said, some movies you have to see it in the big screen. Right and by on. the way, that that Edge of Tomorrow, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but oh, Roger. The the but at the end, of the, at the end of the movie, didn't those aliens kind of remind you of another movie? Um, I don't know which one. Are Matrix. You? Matrix. Oh, yeah. Remember they were those aliens? They cut when I saw them. <laughs> I'm going. They kind of look familiar. Yeah, and Roger, thank you for that. They did look. They did look like the Sentinels from the Matrix. But Roger, man, I, it was one of my favorite movies of that year. It may have been my favorite movie of that year. I can't remember the year, but uh, I'll have to disagree with you on that. But thank you for your feedback. You and Jeff are going to have to start taking calls on the couch potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I do appreciate the feedback, though, Roger. And I am. I I will confess, I am very much in that boat. Not just because I'm one of the couch potatoes, but there are certain movies that I simply have to see on the big screen. I don't go to as many movies, though, as I used to, partly because there's so much choice on television. And I think that's why movies need to do, they have to do something because people, there's too much choice for people now. Well, it has to be worthwhile. Like Roger said, 
And I think you and I agree. It has to entice you out of your home into those. And I got to give a shout out to the Ground Park Cinema, Land Park, Landmark Cinema, choosing your seats and how comfy those chairs are. Mm-hmm. And that sound, I can never do that at home. I can't replicate it. I'm not interested in replicating it. Yeah, I have a fairly large television, but I'll, the surround sound and all. No, I, I got a couple of, I got a sound bar, man. Like that's the extent of my, you know, sound engineering at home. And yeah, I, there's gotta be a reason to go, but I love going when there's a reason. And when the movie is good, you just can't beat it. Bob disagrees with me. He sent me an email. He says, I've often wondered who goes to the local cinema when we all have big screens, TVs, surround sound, recliners, cup holders, beer fridge. Oh yeah. The beer private washroom, a few mere steps away, PVRs and Netflix rule. That's from Bob. Well, you can get beer at the VIP theater. That is true, and that's why I chuckled. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been there yet. Worth the investment? Yeah, it's it's actually it's really nice. The seats are a little bit bigger, a little bit comfier. I mean, just a, a touch because they're it's meant to be like if especially if you go with a date, you get sort of these two seats at a time. So there's a separation between every two seats. And I think the sound is great. And they have a really nice lounge in there and great appetizers. So if you want to, if you want a really fancy movie experience, that's not outrageously priced. I would check that out. Uh, but you're right. Landmark cinemas, you can pick your seats in all of the theaters, not just individual ones, which is really cool. Colin is at 204-780-6868. What do you think, Colin? Afternoon, gentlemen. Um, my wife and I, when we go on date nights, we live off of the Costco uh, Cineplex pass. It's like 28 bucks dinner, uh, movie for two, and you get uh, popcorn and two drinks. That's right. What is that for? At Costco. You can call and tell Brett one more time. At Costco. Sorry, at Costco, I missed. At Costco, they sell movie passes. They sell kid passes and adult passes. Uh, so two adults can see the movie, and I mean, it, you have to pay for the upgrade if it's uh, 3D or whatever. So you might pay an extra three bucks, and then like I got an uh, extra large drink, an extra large popcorn, and butter, and I think it cost me four dollars on top of the coupon. But it's like 28 or 29 bucks uh, at Costco, and then you know that's your date night, right? You know, add an extra 10 bucks, but you're you're all in. Well, hey, Colin, that's a great point, and we appreciate you bringing that up. That's because a lot of people might not even know that is an option. We're going to pause for your forecast. Up next, Greg's going to tell you about a super rich device that, if hey, if you have the money, you can watch movies that come out. You can watch uh, Beauty and the Beast tonight if you want, <laughs> if you've got the dough. We'll tell you how much dough when we come back. Your forecast up next. I'm Brett McGarry. He's Greg Mackling. Obviously, the big story of the day is the situation that has happened in London, England, where four people have died, 20 injured in a presumed terror attack on the British Parliament. We will stay on top of this story and provide you with any new information as it comes in. In the meantime, we are talking about the option of watching first-run films at home. The movie business is changing. You know, you can pretty much stream any, almost anything you want at home. Not everything, but almost anything you want. And yet, if you want to see a first-run movie, you still have to go to the movies unless you want to do some illegal maneuverings. Or if you have a lot of money. <laughs> That's right. Now, we, this was born out of a conversation Kim Lawson had with Shadow Davis this morning. Variety magazine reporting that studios are flirting with offering movies early in your home for $30. That 
got us, Brett and I, talking when we got into the station today. And then we did some research. Yes, we do research from time to time. (laughs) And the headline is this. The $35,000 device that celebrities and the super rich use at home to stream movies that are still in theaters. Okay, that's a that's a fair chunk of change. Mm-hmm. What happens when you are rich and famous and want to see the latest movies but don't want the hassle of going to the multiplex? You call Prima Cinema. And uh, I just want to skip over that uh, section there. This Prima device, it costs $35,000 to have it installed in your home and that's not it, Brett. Oh, God. It's 500 bucks a title. <laughs> really? Yes. It even has an ultra-tight fingerprint ID security uh, so that they know who's accessing the system. And there are all sorts of checks and balances to make sure that is a secured copy of the film, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Ben Affleck, Tom Cruise, Steven Spielberg, Tarantino... Uh, Harvey Weinstein, uh, all these guys are, are, are streaming and using these uh, these uh, devices. And it looks like you have to pay $500 every time you watch a movie on Prima. So if, for example, you watch it on a Friday, your kids watch it on Saturday, and then they have friends over Saturday night, <laughs> and then Sunday people from out of town come in to watch, there's $2,000. Spent on a single movie. Yeah, well, I think we've all, well, maybe some of us have had experience with uh, watching uh, the first two minutes of a movie at a hotel, you know, uh, 16 times, and then you're shocked when you get charged for the movie oh, yeah. 16 times. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that. So yeah, 500 bucks every time you watch it. So it does exist, mm-hmm. but this idea of bringing a $30, a $50, or a $40 option, something like that, uh, you know, for a family guy... Very appealing to me, the idea of doing that. Uh, But for, you know, an individual like yourself, you'd probably want to have a couple people over. And what would you do? Have a have a hat on the coffee table or have everybody else bring some chow and make an evening of it? Or is this something that you would pardon me, wouldn't take advantage of at all? Yeah, we would love to hear what you think. 204-780-6868. And uh, I, I would compare that, I suppose, for it to like, let's say you order a pay-per-view event, whether yeah. it's sports or sports entertainment, like That's WrestleMania. Right. Where sure. I used to How much is it? Sport, uh, WrestleMania now forty nine ninety five. Uh, must be like fifty bucks. Although they, they, although now I, ooh, I don't know if you can actually order it on pay-per-view anymore because they have the WWE channel. So I think you have to subscribe to the channel and then you get access. I'm not entirely sure. It used to be I'd order WrestleMania and cost like 50 bucks. I'd have five, six guys over. We'd split the cost. So that's what I would do if I had the option to stream a movie at home. But uh, And as far as families, it being more attractive to a family to pay $30 or even $50 to get a movie at home, it's a double-edged sword. On all sides of the argument, because if a family watches a a first-run movie at home instead of going to the movie theater, everyone potentially loses money. Uh, The studios and the the distributors and the theaters themselves. But would that family even go to the theater anyway? So if, if they're watching it at home, as opposed to watching it in the theater, maybe they're watching a movie that they wouldn't have watched at all. Does that make sense? Yeah, it has to make sense in order to expand the marketplace, right? 
Because if you're just uh, siphoning people away from the movie theaters, then it's not a good idea, mm-hmm. right? Because you're 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 what what do they say? You're uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. And so that doesn't help grow the industry. They're hoping that this will encourage and entice people that wouldn't otherwise watch first-run movies that wait until Netflix, that wait for it to go on pay-per-view, et cetera, to get it now, to get it early, and to make it somewhat economical to do so. I mean, 30 bucks off the top of your head sounds like a lot of money, but when you do the math real quick, it actually makes a lot of sense to to pay that kind of money. Like I said, for the big productions, I still want to go to the theater, but there are some for sure that are kind of, did somebody use the term chick flick? I think it was Roger. Yeah. And some of those comedies that you don't need the big sound, you don't need the big screen, but you want to see it before everybody else does, then I'd probably, I'd probably pay. We have lots of text messages here. Do we want to carry this over after two o'clock? Yes. Let's get to those texts. And if, Hey, if you want to weigh in on the phone, you want to have a chat with us about it. Would love to hear your thoughts. 204-780-6868. How do you, or do you, go to the movies anymore? Are are you like me and you still go to the movies? Doesn't matter if it's big budget, small budget. I still like to go to the movies when I can, but maybe you don't. Maybe you never go to the movies anymore. Maybe you wait for them on Netflix. We're getting a lot of text messages that imply that there are some other ways people are getting their movies. Mm -hmm. Would you like the option of being able to legally rent a movie, a first-run movie, at home? 156 on 680 CJOB. Global News, up next. 205, Greg and Brett with you on this tragic Wednesday afternoon. It's now evening in London, England. And Brett, I know you just did the news. Um, The latest four dead confirmed, 22 injured. Uh, One of the four dead confirmed is the suspect. The suspect's name has not been released in any official way, shape, or form. Uh, We're being accused here of suppressing the name of the suspect. Uh, We have not got confirmation from our head organization, Global News. And so until we get that, we will not be using that name, even though it's circulating on social media. So uh, there are protocols that we need to follow in order to present uh, not the news first, but to present it most accurate. We can't, indeed. We need to verify and confirm that it is, in fact, the suspect. So once there is confirmation on who this suspect is, we will announce it and announce that name. But in the meantime, as as Greg pointed out, there is information that is available on social media that may or may not be accurate. I'll harken you back to this incident in Dallas where multiple police officers were murdered and a picture of a suspect was circulated on social media and it turned out to be not the individual responsible. So you have to realize that uh, different organizations on the Twitterverse and in the Twitterverse uh, don't have the same obligations that we do in order to ensure that we provide accurate, not necessarily the quickest or first information. Uh, We won't roll the dice on, on being incorrect. So it is 2.07. In the meantime, we will stay on top of that story, as well as the federal budget, which we are expecting to be tabled just around 3 o'clock our time. But in the meantime, we are talking about movies and how you consume them, specifically first-run movies. Do you go to the theater, or would you prefer to see it at home? Report from Variety. Yesterday afternoon, says studios are flirting with offering movies early in home. 
for $30. Six of the seven biggest Hollywood studios are continuing to push to offer movies in the home mere weeks after the theatrical debuts and prices that are being bandied about, $50 for some, others say $30. And uh, we're, we're, some are saying, you know, maybe some not even 17 days after the movie opens in theaters. Others are still looking at uh, wanting to make it between 30 to 45 because right now a movie is typically not made available to watch at home for about three months after its theatrical release. Uh, When I went to see the Foo Fighters in St. Paul, Minnesota, two summers ago, you know, I'm standing, I've got two hours with the band in this room with 18,000 other people. And I see everybody with their iPhone or whatever device you use, uh, your cell phone, taking, taking video, right? So you can take it home. You know what I would love? Is if for my $100 ticket that I could go online somewhere and then download the video of the concert. They all produce these things for video for the giant screens that hang above and either side of the stage. Why should I be distracted from enjoying the concert live? For that $100, I would maybe even pay an extra $15 to have access, you know, for my personal records, for my personal recollection, my memory book, as it were, to have that video. And what would be wrong with when you go to a first-run movie, I buy a ticket, that's $16, $17 for 3D, right? It's whatever. What if I could get a, have a coupon for another $15 or something, and I would get first crack at the movie? When it comes out on DVD. I think there might actually be something like that already. Really? I'm going to see if I can pull it up on the Cineplex If app. you know anything about this, uh, 7806868 by talk or by text. And there are some movies that are so uh, average, Brett, that I feel when I go into the theater and watch it, I should get a DVD copy on the way out <laughs> if I want to watch it later on down the road. Uh, but this translates into other conversation and other forms of entertainment as well, right, Brett? We mentioned WrestleMania is kind of the comparison. Yep. And I went to the Shaw website pay-per-view, uh, WrestleMania, April 2nd, 2017, 7 o'clock uh, Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific, sixty four ninety nine in HD or in standard definition on pay-per-view. That's if you want to just order it straight up. Correct. And if you but it, there is also the option of the the WWE network which is 12.99 a month and uh, Graham texted us and says and I think you get all of the pay-per-views live. So I think that's when you either get the network subscribe to the network or you can just get the pay-per-views as a one-off. And that was, we used that comparison because I used to do that. I would order WrestleMania and other pay-per-views, would have a few buddies over, get them to throw me five bucks or whatever, or six, seven dollars. And that's what I would do if this film option were available. If I were to decide to have people over to watch a movie, a first-run movie, as opposed to going to the theater. Because I do think that while there are for the big budget movies, the big experience movies, I still would prefer to go yes. to the movie theater. But maybe a movie that I wouldn't, I would, as you said, you had your checklist of rental, rental, rental. A movie that that I might put on my rental checklist, maybe I'd be inclined to watch it at home sooner if it sure. was available. Yes, and pay a little bit more for it. Because, you know, pay-per-view is still seven bucks, right? Mm-hmm. A 30, I know it's a dramatic difference, but I would consider it. 
Oh, sure. to, to see it before everybody else, or at least to see it in a timely fashion. And I think the movie houses, the production companies are missing out on people uh, seeing stuff when they first come out because A, people hear from their friends whether the movie is any good or not. Yeah. And also it falls off the radar. You know, in all the hype, they spend so much money hyping this thing for theatrical release. Why not piggyback on that and go, oh, yeah, I really wanted to see that Dwayne Johnson movie. That's coming out this week. Oh, I can't make it out. I can't get a babysitter or whatever. If I could click and go 30 bucks and I can watch it, it might be pretty appetizing to me to yeah. see it right then and there. So, I, I, you know, just like we discussed on the music front, where the music industry fell down when Napster and all these music sharing applications came out, they didn't embrace it. They thought they could wait them out, sue them out of business, etc. I think the movie industry, they've lucked out a couple of times. They thought VCRs were going to kill movie theaters <laughs> and the right. movie-going experience. They thought DVD players and big screen and, and surround sound systems were going to do exactly the same. They've been lucky. They've had like a third or fourth life here. And I think they really need to reconsider how they get this product to us. And this is obviously what they're doing. I would encourage them to uh, to really go down this other road. Make it easier, not more difficult for me to get it. Because I will find a way to get it. And there are some ways that people are sharing with us that we'll share with you in a minute. But we've got a caller on the line. Jim is waiting patiently. At 204-780-6868. Hello there, Jim. What do you think? Well, I'm going to tell you about uh, Bruce Springsteen. After every one of his concerts all over the world, uh, the next day you can download that concert for a fee of $10. I should go into wow. the marketing business, Jim. Thank you for validating uh, this idea. And, and what do you think of that? I mean, isn't that an extraordinary way to go uh, about it as opposed to, you know, Springsteen, of all the performers, was for a long time victimized by bootleggers, right, by people who would record his concerts. Yes. And you could even get those on vinyl, right? Uh, they would come yeah. from Europe and stuff. So what do you think of this idea of, of that's kind of a great add-on, if you ask me? Me. Oh, I, I think it's awesome. Now you can enjoy the concert and not tape it, and the next day you got the whole thing. I, I just downloaded the last concert he did in Australia a couple weeks ago. It was awesome. Have you seen the boss in person, Jim? Make me jealous. Yeah. Yes, yes. I seen him last February in Minneapolis. Fantastic. Uh, how many uh, couch cushions out of five would you give it? <laughs> oh, all the way, man. It was best. It was just that nonstop rock and roll, the hit after hit for almost four hours. Jim, thanks for sharing that with us. I appreciate it, and thanks for listening. We always appreciate uh, you engaging in the conversation. And sometimes it's the subtle things we talk about people catch on to and, and call in or send us an email or a text message about. We really appreciate that. We know you're listening super closely. Just like uh, you mentioned how you should be able to go to the movie and then be able to redeem it to get mm -hmm, a, a mm -hmm. digital copy. Well, that, and I said, I think you can do that at Cineplex. And we got a text message from somebody saying it's called Super Ticket. And I'm looking at it right now. Uh, basically, what you do is you, it costs 20 bucks. You get an early digital copy of the movie you saw in theater, plus an extra 500 scene points. If you collect those, you just have to, uh, you go to the cineplex.com and do it. So that's an option. And uh, maybe our friends over at Landmark Cinemas have that as well. Not entirely sure. But uh, so there are options. That's a creative way to try to get people into the movie theater. Because I still think, and, and I know it's not the same for everybody, but for me, I think maybe the reason why going to the movies is still a thing is because 
It's it's almost like going to see something live. I know it's still a movie, but mm-hmm. you can't duplicate the movie experience at home unless you spend a significant amount of money or time in trying to build yourself an actual home theater. But even if you do that, sometimes just being around other people adds to the experience. Like going to see comedies in a movie theater is, I, I always underrate that experience. Good point. Going to see a movie full of, like a, that's a packed house where everybody's laughing, it actually enhances your experience that you can't get at home. I'm realizing I'm going to have to pay my neighbor's kids to come over when we watch these first-run movies in our home to uh, kick the back of my coach while I'm watching it so I can get the full theater experience. (laughs) Oh, man. It's going to cost me an extra 20 bucks there. That's the the one part of going to the movies I could do without, is the people kicking my seat and having to turn around and telling them to stop it. 204-780-6868 is the number to call. It's also the number to text. We'd love to hear your feedback on how you consume the movies that you watch. And would you be willing to pay maybe 30 or 50 bucks to see a first-run movie at home as opposed to going to the movie theater? It is 217 on 680 CJOB, your forecast up next. Brett McGarry with Greg Mackling on 680 CJOB. We are talking about movies. We will continue that conversation in a moment. Just in case you are tuning in right now and have not heard the big story of the day, four people have died, 20 have been injured after a vehicle mowed down pedestrians on London's Westminster Bridge and a man stabbed a police officer outside Britain's parliament. Three of the, or there are, as I said, 20 injured, including three other police officers. Now, police in the area are still searching the area to see if there are any additional attackers. Uh, But it was, I saw one report that it was believed there was only one attacker, but they are looking to confirm that that is the case, just searching to be certain. So once again, four people dead, 20 injured, one of the dead is a police officer. The attacker was also killed. We will keep you up to date as we move through the afternoon, top of the bottom of the hour, and as it breaks throughout the afternoon as well, we will be keeping a very close eye on the federal budget coming down in Ottawa this afternoon. And of course, uh, that news story has taken somewhat of a second place uh, priority with us here at 680 CGOB. Uh, but we will bring you the details as they become available. The budget, by the way, was uh, due to be announced at 3 o'clock our time here on the Prairies. 222 on 680 CJOB. Movies. Studios flirt with offering movies early in-home for $30. That's the headline from Variety. Six of the seven biggest studios are... They're starting to really think about making movies available just weeks after their theatrical debuts as opposed to months. And they're bandying about prices in the $30 to $50 range. And we want to know what you think of that. Would you take advantage of that? Do you, or do you still go to the movies? I generally still go to the movies. But if this were an option, it might make me look at other movies that I would normally wait to rent on demand or wait until Netflix or whatever. There's another piece of technology that may be prompting this move, Brett. And we've avoided discussing it. I've alluded to it somewhat in casual conversation on this program. 
And that's the Android box. You'll hear people talk about Kodi and these different applications you can download onto a what looks like an Apple TV type of device. You can also download them on your uh, laptop. I'm not condoning any of that, but a million people are doing it right now. And that is probably part of the impetus for the major movie producers uh, to look at changing the way we receive and consume films. We got to <laughs> got to fall on the sword here. We we did it again. We forgot. Uno, two, Get Six eighty CJOBs fly away to you too. Your time to win is now. Well, we really make a good team here, Mackling and McGarry and Forche. And just got a text message. You too? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> Thanks for reminding us, Dave. You'd think we would remember how to do this, but. Uh, ah. We like to keep you on your toes. <laughs> and today we are looking for, I'm going to guess it's pronounced Morella Lemoyne. Marais Lemoyne. I worked with someone with this spelling and we, we called her Morella. It's spelled M-I-R-E-I-L-L-E Lemoyne or Lemoine. Marais Lemoyne. I'm, I'm going to guess is the French pronunciation. There, I pronounce your name five different ways. <laughs> Très bon. Très bon. <laughs> Morella Lemoyne. Marais Lemoyne. Give us a call at 204-780-6868. It's the CJOB Fly Away to You Too. Greg, I know you're super excited about this show. Have you have you weaseled some tickets yet? I have not managed to weasel any <laughs> tickets yet. Uh, Vancouver, <laughs> Toronto are both options for me, just saying. Uh, but we'd like to send you to Vancouver, May 12th. You two will debut. They're kicking off the tour in Vancouver, one of their favorite places. It's the 30th anniversary of the Joshua Tree Tour. We will treat you to accommodation for two nights we'll fly you there we'll even fly you back and uh you can win all you got to do is go to cgob.com enter your name there and then listen at 7 10 11 10 somewhere between two and three o'clock with mackling and mcgarry it should be 2 10 5 10 to hear your name and if you hear it you have five minutes to call 780-6868 and then of all the people who hear their names and call in in the right amount of time you'll be entered for the draw march 31st shadow davis will announce the winner on that day and send you away fly away to U2 in Vancouver, British Columbia. Did I cover all the bases there? I think the bases have been covered. And after Global News at 2.30, we will get to some of your text messages on movies and how you consume them. And feel free to call us as well. 204-780-6868 is the number to call. My email address is brett at cjob.com. Greg's is gmac at cjob.com. 227 once again. Today's qualifier, potential qualifier, Morella Lemoine. Call 204-780-6868. I'm speechless. Just got a text message that's made my day. I'll Uh-oh. keep it to myself for now, but uh, I may have to, let's put it this way, I may have to put a moratorium on my no trips to the United States stance. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say at this point. Uh, details to follow. <laughs> If you're at all interested. <laughs> Talking about movies and this story that studios are considering making first run movies available at home within a couple of weeks of their release dates for 30 bucks, maybe $50. There's another uh, service out there that 
there are some people trying to create a service that would make the movies available the day of for a price of $50, but Hollywood not too happy about that. Or if you have $35,000, there's a device that'll let you stream movies at home, and, and they're $500 a pop to rent them. I don't think I can afford that, Greg. Why? Uh, well, you know, it's, that, that'd be basically my salary for the year. Oh. More or less. Okay. Well, <laughs> hey, and you could be a much better couch potato. Not that the show could get much better. It could be an investment is what you're saying. I think you could turn it into a tax write-off is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> we just got a text message at 780-6868. Anything other than movies you can discuss, you can be far more helpful if you discuss the big news. I know it's in you. Uh, thank you for that. We are doing our best to keep you absolutely 100% up to date on the big news of the day. Out of Canada, of course, it's the budget that will come out and will get set down in about 25 minutes' time. We will be all over that. And, of course, the breaking news that took place about an hour and a half or an hour or so before we came on the air, we are giving you details as they become available. And, Brett, for those just tuning in, maybe we could reset the conversation and reset the scene in London as to what has happened. There are details coming in in dribs and drabs, uh, but this is uh, essentially the story as of this moment. Four people are dead, 20 are injured in a terror attack on the British Parliament. One of the dead is a police officer who was stabbed, and the man who attacked him is also dead. A woman was killed after a car plowed into pedestrians on Westminster Bridge. So that is what's happened in London. The scene was locked down. There are reports on social media about a suspect who has purportedly been identified, but that has not been confirmed by authorities. So that's why that we have not mentioned who anything about the suspect. We don't know yet who the suspect is, but we are being told by listeners that there are pictures available on social media, but we don't want to jump the gun and, and identify the suspect as this person because that may not be the actual suspect because we heard multiple varying reports on the, the potential nationality of this suspect. So that is why we have not yet uh, updated you on that. So that is essentially where we're at. There hasn't really been anything new for the last little while. If there is more new information we will bring it to you on 680 CJOB from the Global News Center. Now, in terms of this movie discussion, we got a text from Eve, one of our regular listeners, who says, It depends on the movie. I just saw Beauty and the Beast in the theater. Other movies, I will use pay-per-view them. I'll pay-per-view them on the satellite. Other movies, maybe the rest is Netflix. So... I think that's where probably a lot of people are. I will will go to the movies if it's worth it. I There are other movies where I, I might go into it ahead of time thinking, I don't know if I should be paying the money to go see this in the theater. And it turns out I really enjoy it. I think for me, bottom line is I'm not going to be unhappy to go see a movie in the theater. But sometimes it would be nice to be able to access that film at home, particularly if you are in a family situation where if you, if you, your partner, and it's say you got a couple of kids, you go to the movies, that's, a, a, that's an expensive night. It's a hundred bucks. Yeah. Give or take, right? And so the option I think would be very appetizing for an awful lot of people 
And as we've been discussing, uh, these industries have to be a lot more proactive in getting ahead some of the technology, like the Android boxes and some of these different devices that allow you, um, allow is allow the right word, (laughs) (laughs) that give you the ability, how's that, Yes. to download these movies sometimes within days or hours of them being in the theater. And you can tell that they've been recorded on handheld devices, some of them, other Versions are, you can tell, they're digital downloads, and they've been somehow downloaded onto these services. So uh, I know that's also very appetizing. Also, we tied this in to the idea of sporting events and how live television is becoming a dying thing. Appointment television is almost non-existent now. You can go through, as you do, Brett, you set up your PVR every week of all the shows that you want to see, and then you watch them at your convenience. Mm. I don't have to watch Brian Inc. and leave it to Brian when they're playing it on HGTV, as much as I do do that sometimes. But I also, if I want to watch back-to-back-to-back-to-back episodes, I set my PVR, and I watch it at my convenience. That's the way people are doing things now. But the one thing that people really can't do that is for sports. Yep. And so sports remains appointment television, and there are businesses that capitalize on live sporting events, not just the hockey teams and the football teams themselves, but sports bars and lounges. Then you've seen a gigantic proliferation of those over the last half decade or so. Giant TVs showing all the different games, not just the one of the home team, but you know if the Jets are playing... You can go into a sports bar and they'll have the three or four other games on their multiple screens. Well, Bell and Rogers is actually taking four restaurants, four businesses, taking some of the most basic sports stations out of the basic package. And they're going to be charging big time for restaurants based on their capacity per month. Now, do you remember when the Jets first came back? It was $10 a month to have Jets TV or TSN Jets. Yep. They took that away. I will not be surprised if we see a model like that come back. Really? B- because appointment television is, A, valuable to advertisers. It's impossible to fast forward through a commercial during a live sporting event, especially if you want to watch it live. Yep. There are tricks to be a, you know, a few minutes behind and and to to deke around with the commercials, but you're never going to fully avoid them and certainly not in a restaurant or lounge situation. So keep an eye on that. Uh Bell and Rogers uh, talking about uh bars with less than 100 seats having to pay about $120 a month for uh the different uh, sports channels, which is a considerable amount for them and I could see that trickling down into uh, the uh, into the residential market. So keep your eyes open for that. Landon says that he'll wait for movies to be released on Netflix. Rent Blu-rays from the local general store. Oh, really? Or rent a movie digitally on Xbox Video. Curious to know which store, Landon, that you rent. That's one of the things I miss, and I know that makes me sound maybe like a dinosaur, but I still, I've always found going to the movie store was a, like a whatever where you whether it was a Blockbuster or a Rogers or even the stores that would predate those ones, the 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 sort of the quote-unquote mom-and-pop 
video rental stores that would maybe have one copy of the movie you want or two copies. So it was always really special when you got your hands on it. It's in. Oh, my God. It's available. It's crazy how it's changed. Isn't it, though? It really is. And so many things changing. I was reading articles about uh, JCPenney and Sears and all these big bricks and mortar retailers closing up to 14, 15% of their stores, uh, 3,500 mall locations of various sizes closing in the United States over the next several months. Our economy, how we consume all things is changing and this is just a sign of the times. We'll see where this shushes out. And I want to send an apology. We got a text message just before Kristen Miller, uh, our friend who had a heart transplant five years ago. Many of you know her story. We were going to catch up with her this afternoon. Unfortunately, a fa- family emergency is uh, taking her away from us today. Uh, our best wishes to her and her family with whatever they're dealing with. So uh, we've had to juggle our uh, content this afternoon. Uh, but no worries, uh, obviously, we will uh, we will do so on the fly, including Brian Freeze when we come back. Yes, we're going to talk about uh, disc golf, the Canadian disc golf rookie of the year, and details on his story after your forecast. <laughs> Jeff Forche in Master Control. Thank you, my friend. You got the sponsor in there. It's a little late. But we got it in there. It's all good. Uh, Brett, you and I have been having conversations over the last few months about unique sports that we didn't know existed or that maybe were obscure that are coming to prominence. And disc golf came up at least two or three times in those conversations. It did. And and I knew disc golf was a thing. I didn't know professional disc golf was a thing and we are happy to have on the line with us a Winnipegger named Brian Fries who was just named just the last a few days ago the Professional Disc Golf Association's Rookie of the Year and he's only the second Canadian to receive the title since they started awarding players in 1986 so Brian welcome to 680 CJOB uh and congratulations sir uh, before we get anywhere, though, I understand, and I we're going to put you on the spot here. I understand you're you're just waking up. Where are you coming from that you're just waking up at three in the afternoon? Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I actually work nights, so I go to bed at about nine o'clock every morning. Oh, oh my god! Dude. Well, thanks, yeah, so thanks for getting up. To, yeah, of course. Uh, anything to be. Uh, Anything to promote the sport, you know. Well, we certainly appreciate uh, your your time, given that you work in a night situation. So you're the, the rookie of the year. How long have you been playing disc golf? I have been playing almost four years. Um, it'd be about four years in April, and that was the first time I ever played, ever. So, Where did you get into it? Where, where was that first time that you played? First time I ever played, my dad took me out on the course with a couple of dollar store frisbees, <laughs> um, and yeah, we had a blast. And pretty much since then, I was hooked. And we played at Happyland Park, which is uh, Archibald and Marion. So, what is the Professional Disc Golf Association? Have they got events here in Winnipeg, or do you have to travel to participate in this association? <laughs> I wish. Uh, anything that's related to the PDJ is usually uh, part of their national tour. And the closest that they've ever come to being in Winnipeg would be Minneapolis. 
So I'm looking at your, there, there are a couple of pictures here that were attached with the news release, and one of them is a selfie where over your shoulder there's a bag which appears to have a whole bunch of discs. So is that how it works? You carry a variety of discs? Yeah, so when you first start out, um, people usually start out with like the three disc beginner pack, which has a putter, a mid-range, and a driver. Um, as you progress, you get more and more discs in your bag, and you start to learn how to throw different angles for different shots, which require different discs. And so it, you have upwards of 25 to 30 discs sometimes. Wow. So talk about some of the events that you attended. Where did you go to participate and and how, you know, how do they determine that you were rookie of the year? Were you the Patrick Line of the disc golf world? I guess uh, would be the best analogy for most people here in Winnipeg right now. I wouldn't say I'm the Patrick Line of disc golf, but I uh picked my events um, I guess widely, and I earned points in places I guess people didn't earn points. Um, I, a majority of my points came from being on Team Canada last year. I earned 25 points towards the Rookie of the Year, and that for sure made me win, so... So disc golf is a it's a flying disc game that's uh, played in a similar fashion to traditional golf, but rather than clubs, you use an assortment of discs uh, with different flight characteristics. So you're 27 years old. As a pro disc golfer, is there money involved? Um, somewhat. Uh, you you really need to be the top ten at a big event to get any sort of money to cover the costs it took to get there pretty much it's kind of if you go home with money after a weekend like you're doing well but it's never enough to go buy a new car or something (laughs) so the 2016 team disc golf world championships were held in vancouver where are they this year and you and are you hoping and anticipating being a part of team canada for that this year yeah, last year they were held in Vancouver. It was the inaugural, so it was the first time they ever did that. Um, and it was amazing. I had never been to Vancouver. I was actually born in BC, but had never been back. So it was a great experience. And this year they are held in London, England. And I, of course, would love to go, but having a full-time job isn't the easiest uh, thing to go travel for a week kind of thing. So. I will not be attending. I was offered my previous spot, and I had to unfortunately decline. So, oh, dude, that that's that sucks. There's no other word yeah. for it. That's terrible. Yeah, especially like money is not the biggest problem right now. It's it's more days off. Um, my company isn't the most lenient with getting me days off. I guess so. Yeah, I try to work with what I got. So how, that, that's got to be interesting then to have this this hobby, like because I I play golf on the weekend. It's just a hobby for me. I'm not very good at it. Your hobby, you're you are good at it. So good that you are a professional and the rookie of the year in this association. How is that having what's essentially a, a hobby turn into a, a profession, so to speak? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely hard to work with. Um... 
sometimes it gets a little stressful being like, oh, I got to go to this tournament, but I can't because of this and that. And some days I'm a lot more sick, so I can't go to work sometimes. And I hope nobody's <laughs> listening to me on this right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sense uh, you winking as you're saying that, Brian. I got it. I got it. So, uh, yeah, it, it definitely makes it hard to actually compete at a high level with having a full-time job, that's for sure, especially living in Winnipeg, Canada. If I lived, um, let's say... Oh, did we just lose Brian? I, I think we, we I think we may have just lost Brian. Hello? Oh, he's Hello? still he's returned. We thought we I lost you there. I touched the mute button by accident. <laughs> uh, where where did you last hear me? I think we, uh, the fact that that if you were living somewhere other than Winnipeg, which of course we don't want, but you kind of referenced uh, the idea that if that if you lived somewhere else. So yeah, if I lived uh, middle of the U.S., um, somewhere Texas, somewhere California, Phoenix even somewhere Iowa, um, it'd be a million times easier to compete at a high level because they have big events around them at all times. And I wouldn't have to travel 13 hours to play in a tournament that is not even the biggest event, like on the tour kind of thing. Well, your next uh, major A-tier tournament I see is in Ottawa next month. Do you fly down there or do you drive down there? Uh, Iowa, I think. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, it's in Iowa. So, will you be flying yeah. to Iowa, or will you be driving to Iowa? I will be driving. Um, at this point, Iowa's a little bit up in up in the air. Um, if I don't go to Iowa, I'll be going to South Dakota. Okay. Well, hey, Brian, we wish you all the success and uh, congratulations on being named the Professional Disc Golf Association's Rookie of the Year. <laughs> Uh, again, only the second Canadian to receive this title since the PDGA started awarding players in 1986. So I just I think that. Disc golf is, uh, it's just one of those neat, as you pointed out, Greg, it's one of those unique sports out there that not a lot of people probably know what they are, but uh, it can be done right here in Winnipeg. You mentioned Happyland Park. I think Harborview has. I think Harborview has as well, so it'd be kind of neat. Didn't realize that you could, as much as we've done on it, didn't realize that you you could collect like a a bag of 20 different discs that could do different things, so... Kind of neat. Brian, congratulations on that. And uh, he seemed a little concerned after he said it out loud that people from work might be listening. Most people want their friends and employers and, and such to be listening to the to the radio when they're on. Brian, you're a really good sport. And congratulations. Keep in touch with us, by the way, because we'd like to know uh, how you're doing in your different events. And, and you never know what, what might come, right? Because sponsors uh, come in all shapes and forms, and you never know who might want to jump on board the Brian Freeze train. 257 on 680 CJOB Global News is up next. <laughs> There's a Freudian slip that didn't make it onto the air. <laughs> Instead of the budget, I said this deficit thing. <laughs> <laughs> Federal budget coming down. You can watch it live at 680 CJOB's website, cjob.com or globalnews.ca. And let's do a quick live listen here. Last year, the deficit... $29.4 billion was a projected deficit. They actually brought it down to only $24.7 billion, Brett. Ooh. Do you know our national debt is growing by about $1,000 per second? 
635,410,797,000 oh, as we sit. Here's a live listen to uh, Global News' coverage, Donna Friesen. A little misleading, the 29 to 24. But and overall, that's actually Eric Sorensen's voice 20s, that you're hearing there uh, along with Donna Friesen. Deficit. And the question is, what are we going to see in 2017? There are expectations because there are people that feel we're going to see a bit of a modest budget, that that's where we're headed, is, uh, is a more cautious budget, and uh, therefore that the deficit may not be any greater, in part because the economy just in the last couple of months has been chugging along a little better. Hey, um, I just, thanks Eric, I want to come back to you in a sec. I just wondered if we could take another peek inside the House of Commons there and see if that vote is over. Are we able to uh, have another look inside there? Oh, no. Oh, some applause, so they must be coming. Yeah, they're clapping about something, the end, applauding themselves for something. Donna Friesen, Global News, <laughs> globalnews.ca, if you'd like to watch the budget announcement from the finance minister in its entirety or go to cgob.com. We are streaming the video there as we speak. We will... Uh, bring you an update and a summary as soon as we can. One of the things that uh, is at the top of conversation will be the deficit. As I mentioned last year, $29.4 billion was the projected uh, deficit for a single year. They managed to corral that, quote-unquote, to $24.7 billion. One of the things that a lot of people are upset that, that disappeared or actually was cut back a little bit last year and will disappear in all likelihood this year, and that's the end of the child uh, children's part me, fitness and arts tax credits. Something was very beneficial to a lot of people, the middle class, average people who put their kids in sports and, and music and other sorts of activities. It wasn't a huge tax credit, but every little bit helps mm. when you're trying to give your kids uh, the advantages of life. And I find it ironic that this is one of the things that would go away under the liberal government, something that was brought in under the conservative government, and that the liberals would take this away from average people. So that's got some people talking. We anticipate that going away. Uh, fiscal, the comeback of the fiscal cushion. The fiscal cushion is a tool that allows government to guard against unforeseen costs. The liberal government dropped the fiscal cushion in last year's fall economic update, but it's expected to come back. The move would push the deficit up by about $6 billion compared to what was announced in the fall economic update. Basically, it's a little bit of a quote-unquote savings account. I don't know how you can have a savings account when you're so far in debt, but... These financial geniuses, they they figure out a way to manipulate and and uh, approve and also justify just about every expenditure uh, that they can. Skills development, innovation is probably a word that we're going to hear more than once uh, during today's budget announcement, as well as uh, more claims that the budget will fit uh, lift. Pardon me, Canada's GDP, even though it's not clear that happened last time, and that has to do a lot with uh, infrastructure and other economic growth programs. And uh, that's another thing on the list that we can probably expect to hear about, Brett. And that's more details on Canada's quote unquote infrastructure bank, uh, $35 billion uh, with the hope that they would attract four to $5 billion and drive, uh, pardon me, four to $5 in private sector funding for every $1 federal cash. That has to do with a lot of P3 programs, private public partnerships to build things like what they're doing in Winnipeg with the trans rapid transit corridor. That's about a $20 million a year private public partnership in order to get that $600, $100 million uh, project built 
with uh, less government money outlaid at the beginning and uh, turning that into uh, what amounts to a rental payment to uh, the, the contractors and the, and the constructors of these projects. And we just got a text here as well referring to the the tax credit you were referring to, Greg, uh, the fitness tax credit where uh, Eve says it helped our kids take swimming and piano lessons. That's right. So it is indeed a little odd that that would be taken away. And it's uh, one of the, that's one of the frustrating things I just find about government and politics uh, that nothing is really guaranteed. You know, you, an announcement is made and things are sort of enacted and then they just get sort of erased by the next government. Some, and some simple things like this seems like a common sense sort of thing to me, regardless of what your political stripes are. I That seems like a really easy benefit to, to families in the middle class. So I don't know. Didn't seem like a radical idea when it was brought in. It feels more radical to be taking it away, in fact. 313 on 680 CJOB. We will have a look at traffic and weather together next. 317 on this Wednesday afternoon. I'm Greg. He's Brett. Federal Budget Day in Ottawa. And of course, the big news coming out of London, England uh, earlier today is evening falls on the on the British capital. Uh, tragic event there. Uh, they're calling it a terrorist attack. Uh, Four people are dead, including the suspect and one police officer. Twenty are injured, some of them very seriously, as an individual used a vehicle as a weapon on the Westminster Bridge. The Westminster Bridge, of course, kind of in the heart of the most famous part of London, the London Eye, on one bank of the River Thames, on the other side is uh, are the Houses of Parliament that are highlighted uh, by Big Ben. We've seen them all uh, millions of times in different pictures, movies, TVs, uh, postcards from from loved ones. And uh, also the whole idea of a suspect being named, Brett, we're getting inundated here essentially with text messages. Why aren't you naming the suspect? Why aren't you naming the suspect? Matt Cardi from 680 CJOB and Global News coming into the into the studio and telling us something very interesting about the subject of and the topic and the name of a suspect that was going around on social media. Suspect's name was circulating on social media and turns out according to from what Matt Cardi has learned that that particular suspect is currently in jail so it can't be that person. So that's why we aren't in a rush to name a person or to point the finger until we have confirmation from authorities. So just because the information is out there doesn't mean it is correct. So once we we find out who the suspect is and where this suspect is from, we will report on that here on Global News and on 680 CJOB. In the meantime, if you want hearsay, go to social media. There's lots of it there. We have protocols we have to follow. It's not a mainstream media bias or conspiracy to not name these people. Uh, The names and the subjugation are all out there, right? And the whole idea of guessing who this might be is available to you on social media. Until we have it confirmed, we will not share any names, plain and simple. I was talking about the child uh, tax benefit, which has been altered dramatically. Uh, That apparently was altered along with the clawing back of the tax benefit for the fitness credit and the arts credit, fitness and arts credit. And there was this idea that because the federal government would be giving more money to parents with children, 
uh, they would eliminate this other taxable or this other uh, uh, tax deduction, rather, Brett. Well, I, I'm a user fee kind of guy. I like if you're going to use it, you should pay for it. And on the other hand, I don't like the idea of people who get the child tax benefit and don't decide or decide not to invest in their children's arts and sporting events and their and their activities why should they get the same benefit as I do? You know, just money in. I'm reinvesting money in my kids and in their long-term health, whether it be their health of their mind or the health of their body. Uh, I, I think that there should be a, a different benefit there for me. Uh, I don't need the tax credit to do the right thing for my kids. I, like I said, I just find it ironic that it's a liberal government that, that took that away. As in, you don't need the the tax credit. So, in other words, you don't need it to. It's it's not an incentive for you per se, but it's a it's a benefit you'd be happy to accept. Correct. Okay. Correct. It's not going to be the the difference, but well, uh, because uh, I'm going to get some money back. I'm going to put my kids in baseball. No, that's not. But if they're going to give out money to encourage people <laughs> to get moving, both in mind and body, then uh, then yeah, you're absolutely right. I'll take it. Uh, without any question, we had a text message here uh, from one of our loyal listeners who said, hey, that tax credit allowed us to put our kids into uh, swimming and piano lessons. So uh, it all depends where you are. And I, I think that we should be encouraging, uh, not discouraging and taking away uh, opportunities and incentives to get our kids involved in that stuff. I'll so- get off my soapbox. Okay, well, hopefully the budget will come down soon. And in the meantime, we, not right now, but we do still have our daily prize to give away, tickets to The Zookeeper's Wife premiere happening on March 29th, and we will do that after Global News at 3.30. Greg has actually come up with today's trivia question, and I am curious to know what it is. Goodness help you all. 3.22, traffic, weather, sports, up next. All sorts of uh, news coming in all at once here from the federal budget. Brett McGarry, I know you you touched on some things in a general sense and an overall sense in your newscast. Uh, we are seeing that the federal government is eliminating the 15% tax credit for commuters who buy a transit pass, a move that will save the government $150 million. I know our own... Tristan Field Jones is up in arms about the elimination of that tax credit. Uh, Other increases in taxation for liquor and tobacco, which you touched on in your news uh, just a few moments ago. Uh, Yes, and I'm just trying to find the actual, uh, you know what, I don't have the... The information I can tell you right here. here. The increase in taxes are effective Thursday. We'll put an additional $55 million from tobacco and $30 million from alcohol uh, for the 2017-18 fiscal years. The excise duty rate on cigarettes is increasing to $21.56 per 200 cigarettes. Is that a carton? Uh, yeah, that would be I a carton. I have no idea. Packs. Yeah, that's, 25 to a pack, 8, yeah, there you go. Okay, so that's up from 2103. And for alcohol, the excise duty rates are going up 2%. Starting next year, will be adjusted every April 1st based on the consumer price index. And uh, that's probably the highlights of what we have right now. Oh, it's actually also pledging to ensure that ride-sharing services like Uber are charging GST and HST like regular taxis and eliminated the deduction for employee home relocation loans, which the government said disproportionately benefits the wealthy. 
And I see that uh, now. And forgive me if if you read this, Greg. I was <laughs> scrambling to find. It's okay. What, here, let, let, I'll just. I'd like to t- tell you what happens. When the budget is released, what happens on our newswire is it essentially becomes, uh, it, it basically vomits up <laughs> about right. 50 different things all at once <laughs> on the right. federal budget. So that's right. You're, you're, where you had no information before, suddenly you have almost too much. So I'm just sort of scrambling through it, trying to find the information sort of at a glance. And I do see that uh, they are looking at, okay... They want the they're looking at eliminating a tax credit for commuters who buy a transit pass. Right. I mentioned that TFJ okay. has got his arms. That's the all one up. he was mad yes, about. Yes, okay. he's all upset about that. And they're listen to this. The government is going to spend five hundred and twenty three point nine million dollars over the next five years for CRA, Canada Revenue Agency, to help prevent tax evasion and improve tax compliance. The increased spending is projected to yield $2.5 billion over five years in additional revenue. I'm quite certain the Liberals jumped all over the Conservatives for a similar approach in getting CRA to buckle down on people who weren't paying their taxes on time. So uh, there you go. It is interesting how... When you're, it's easy to criticize when you're in opposition, right? Or when yep. you're not in in the in the controlling government to say, oh, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. But then once you seize power and take control, it's it's essentially very cyclical in a way. For sure, it is. And for those of you who were up in arms about the increase of the PST here in Manitoba. What was that, almost two years ago now? Mm -hmm. News from next door, Saskatchewan, the much-hated Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan residents, Brad Wall, the premier of Saskatchewan, brilliant guy. He's bringing down his Saskatchewan budget at exactly the same time (laughs) as the federal uh, minister is doing that. Saskatchewan residents will have to dig deeper into their pockets for purchases as the government is increasing the provincial sales tax to help tackle a deficit. The budget tabled in the legislature today is raising the PST to 6% from 5 and applying the tax to things that were exempt, such as children's clothing and restaurant meals. Do you remember? Does that sound familiar yeah. at all? I thought, you know, Saskatchewan had things so much better than us. I guess maybe they do. Tobacco and alcohol taxes are also going up in that province. Funding is being cut for post-secondary schools, as well as for libraries and funeral services for low-income residents. The provincially-owned bus company is to be shut down. So lots of news coming uh, from Finance Minister Kevin Doherty from our friends in Saskatchewan. Their deficit is actually uh, about $500 million more than the one that's on the books for Manitoba right now, they're anticipating a $1.3 billion deficit in the fiscal year that ends March 31st, uh, pardon me, 31st, but hopes to have that whittled down to $685 million by this time next year. Now, we have stuff to give away. We have a double pass for the advanced screening on March 29th at Silver City Polo Park for the zookeeper's wife. Before Greg tells you what today's question is, I'll tell you that The Zookeeper's Wife is based on a true story, first presented in a book from 2007. Jessica Chastain plays The Zookeeper's Wife, and when things get bad in Poland in World War II, she uses her zoo in Warsaw to hide Jews from the Nazis. German troops come every morning. You can't make a sound. So we've been doing... 
crappy 80s TV trivia, crappy 80s movie trivia, and today it's inspired Greg to come up with something. I actually have no idea what it is. I, I've been waiting for this very special moment. What have you cobbled together? It's a movie that was made in this century. Okay. And this is a translation, roughly, of a conversation I had with Jeff Braun a couple of days ago about this movie. <laughs> and uh, so here, here's the script. It was made in Canada. Lots of it in Manitoba, in fact. I actually recognized Winnipeg from an interior shot in a house. I said, that's Winnipeg. <laughs> it wasn't hugely successful. It stars the guy from the Garfield movies, the human ones, not the cartoon Garfield. His first name isn't even a name. It's more of a word. <laughs> and that actor, the woman from Winnipeg, didn't she win an Oscar, I think, in 2010? You know who I mean. Uh-huh. What's the movie? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, you were giving me a hard time for having a relative, for not having a quote-unquote question. Well, that's because, that's because I told you, I said, that's how I talk about movies. I didn't anticipate that the, one of the couch potatoes talks about movies in exactly the same way I do. Here's a little bit of a hint. I want to make a solemn promise. I am with the Kerry campaign. If George Bush gets elected president for another four years, then I will move to Canada. I'm voting for Bush. You are? Uh, Canada. John is keeping his promise. My moving to Canada is a protest against the recently re-elected administration. What about you? Why do you want to go? Oh, I'm with you. The dude lied to us. There's people dying over there for no reason, and then he gets re-elected? Exactly. I could leave tomorrow. can't believe she's hot. I'm going up there to make a political statement. And you're really going to give up your American citizenship? That's my plan. Chloe is keeping her distance. We only have rooms available with one king-size bed. King's pretty big. Let's get two rooms. All right. Okay, yeah, I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> as obscure as it comes, and you get major bonus points from me if you can uh, name the two stars. Okay, 204-780-6868 is the number to call. We have text messages. We need you to call 204-780-6868, and we have a text message from somebody who I think that might have the right answer, but you got to call 204-780-6868. Traffic and weather together next. I'm suspecting there's a chance we won't get Rich and Julie this afternoon with all the breaking news out of London, the federal federal budget, and the Saskatchewan budget. So we're going to congratulate... Oh, there's Julie now. Uh, we're going to congratulate Sheena mm-hmm. for getting the most obscure trivia question ever. Mm-hmm. Here's the answer. Breckin Meyer. If I kiss you now, are you going to punch me? Academy Award winner Anna Paquin. Politics make strange bedfellows. Blue State. Blue State, made mostly in Winnipeg. Lots of Manitoba stuff. You can recognize it. Interior shots. I recognized Winnipeg right away. Starring the guy from the Garfield Garfield movies. His, his name isn't really a name. It's more of a word, right? Brecken Meyer. Uh, Brecken, do you know anybody else named Brecken? No. And, of course, uh, Anna Paquin, born in Winnipeg. Blue State is the answer. Sheena, congratulations on uh, getting that very obscure question. I don't know what Rich, Richard's giving us some weird hand signals right now. Like, I can read his mind. I have no idea what you're trying to say to me, Richard. So, hello there. 
Hi. <laughs> so, it's like I feel like uh, you know that scene in Major League where they they're doing all the baseball signals. Yeah. That's just what I it's sort like of felt whose like. line is it anyway? I don't know what game. I'm so playing our visit right here is brief because uh, the budget kind of coming out late. Uh, we're just going to briefly hang Imagine out that here. The so government late with something. Yes, like, it was like uh, this, uh, so some stall long. tactics. Uh, on behalf of the uh, opposition party. So we're going to take you to London first and speak with uh, Paul Parker, who is a resident there. His sister lives here in Winnipeg. So just trying to find out what the mood is like there, what his commute home was like tonight following the terror attack outside the Houses of Parliament again. Four dead, one of those being a police officer, the other the alleged uh, attacker. So we'll take you to London and get the very latest on that situation. Lots of changes in the budget, of course, if you uh, rely on child care for uh, your child uh, or children. There's more money in the budget for that. Uh, your paycheck is going to be adjusted as your EI payments go up. There's a lot more money for transit, although if, as you folks have said, if you drink, you smoke, or you rely on public transit, you're going to pay more in this budget. As we dig into details, uh, we have full coverage coming up between 4 and 7. Thank you, Richard Cluche, Julie Buckingham in the 680 CJOB newsroom. <laughs> Since uh, Richard's been here since 4.30 this morning, he'll be here till 7 o'clock at night, and then a little while after that. Did he get here at 4.30 today? No, oh. no, no. But I want to perpetuate the legend that is Richard Cliche. He does. Well, he does put in very long hours Oh, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And Kelly Moore? Well, Kelly Moore has been here since 4.30. Probably 3.30. And is still here, uh, giving us all the latest uh, and sports updates. He does so much more behind the scenes. So one more time, congratulations, Sheena. And I promise I will never, ever ask another trivia question. <laughs> it was a good question. Well, it was in, we, we had, hey, the, you stumped the listeners, but we had one who but, knew the answer. All right. Okay, I just feeling bad that more people didn't get the answer. Well, it's I feel it was the, a bad question. It wasn't a bad question. It was a stumper. One person knew the answer. Okay, and I'm sure I'm sure more people knew the answer, but just didn't call. You know what? Maybe you, maybe you're the little brother I never had. You're so <laughs> kind to me. You always make me feel better about stuff, even when it goes awry. I appreciate it. And uh, once again, uh, if you tuned in at some point today, I know I tweeted it out, and we mentioned that Kristen Miller uh, was going to talk about five years with. A heart she wasn't born with. Five years uh, as a ha- heart transplant recipient, she wasn't able to make it this afternoon. We uh, ended up talking about movies and the different ways that you can see movies now and the different ways you might be able to watch them in the future and pay for them. So uh, we want to thank everybody who participated in that discussion and all the breaking news. It's been uh, kind of a crazy day, but it makes it a lot of fun to be in this industry, uh, even with the tragedy. I know I didn't want that to come across as macabre, but... You know, uh, keeping everyone up to date on uh, tragedies and budgets and all that sort of thing. That's what the news business is all about, unfortunately, at times. And Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham will be all over that. Uh, That is one thing that they do exceptionally well, amongst the many things they do exceptionally well. Jeff Fortier masters the control room exceptionally well. Thank you very much, sir. I'm Brad. He's Greg. This is Mackling and McGarry on 680 CJOB.